Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. A rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. everyone and welcome to Akashina Podcast Anime with Friends. I'm Sabrina Ray and with me is Vadric Astral Arch... Oh, man, I messed that up. Vadric Astral Archmage. Wow, that is... You pulled that right out of a hat. I, I did. Um, but actually, no, it's just Don Munson. Oh, wait, are we saying our last names? You've been saying it for weeks now. Oh, crap. All right. It's well, okay though, because you're a guy. No one's gonna <laughs> stalk you. No one's gonna look you up online and hunt you down for they your. They might stalk me. Well, the beautiful thing about it is, Don Munson is the name of a prominent Wisconsin basketball coach, to the extent that this basketball coach pretty much dominates all web searches that you can make of Don Munson. Am I impossible to find? No. But unless you really know what you're looking for, you get. Don Munson, the Wisconsin basketball coach. Sabrina Ray, not so many. Sabrina, st- my f- last name, quite a few. Mm, fair enough. But I am quite, I'm out there because I know how to work the SEO magic. <laughs> Search engine optimization. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Yes, no problem. No problem. And speaking of search engine optimization... Riz's curry recipe, where can I get it? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, the we start off this episode, The Chef's Surprise, um, with an interesting look into Riz. Like, I, I can't tell if this is meant to, and I would have said humanize, but that isn't the right word, um, soften the the bear that we're dealing with here to try to make him a more sympathetic character um or if it's meant to highlight the fact that not all is well in riz's brain pan i think it's both i think it's it's what you said it softens him but more or less lets us get to know him a little bit better lets us get to see him outside of the context of being a this killer you know, um, he takes care of his roommates and he has a passion for cooking. He has a passion for cooking. But uh, one of the things that that is that he's lost in the process of eating his friend is his sense of taste, which has impacted his cooking. And so you can kind of see that the longer this is drawn out, the more Riz is suffering, not just because of like nightmares or anything, but or the fact that like Lagoshi is pinning him in, but just the fact that like the guilt, he can't fully transform it into whatever its final form is supposed to be because Lagoshi keeps reminding him and Pina keeps reminding him. So this, this, uh, this lack of taste and this, uh, these other things have sort of like ruined his little peaceful existence uh, that he himself ruined, obviously, but yeah. yes. But you actually, um, you raise what is a interesting point in my mind, which is that, you know, he is unbalanced. He ate his friend. He's not the same. 
and it's torturing him. Yeah. And he, you know, you you said, I, I, it just popped out of my head, but you said something to the extent that, um, you know, that his cooking, like the thing he used to drop, well, you didn't say this, but he used to draw pleasure from cooking, from tasting the food. He can't now. And it's right. from this act. Um, right. But he doesn't, you consider it sort of like a, a negative uh, outcome of what happened, while as he still considers the act of eating his friend to have been the ultimate um, well, sort of... I would uh, say tr- he's trying to. He's trying to do what you're saying. But because of because of Lagoshi's interference, because of He's this... unable to stay in his head. He's, he's constantly mm-hmm. being unbalanced. I agree mm-hmm. with you there. Absolutely. Lagoshi... Um, and, and sorry, um, Pina are throwing him off his game. He can't just sort of dwell in the happy memories. It's constantly being dredged up for him and he hates it. Um, but I guess the question then is, has he deluded himself, um, into thinking this way? Because, you know, in, in his mind's eye, he sees having eaten Tem as an experience of joy on Tem's part. Um, and I was really struggling because that was not my interpretation at all of the event as it actually transpired. Of course not. <laughs> right. Before I get there, I just want to say I started off this episode with uh, a little bit of a joke that I wanted Tem- Riz's recipe. But actually, uh, honey in curry is very common. <laughs> it's a very common ingredient in Japanese curries, which tend to be a little sweeter. Uh, I used to work for House Foods America. And I we recall. were the... We were the American import uh, and and uh, tofu arm of the Japanese company, and Vermont curry. It's apples and honey. That's the big secret. So, you know, maybe Riz uh, just could buy some Vermont curry. The whole thing's delicious. Honey it's delicious. Well is is interesting because that plays into a couple scenes forward. The the whole. Um, Thing about honey, like honey is now linked in with um, uh, the, they put the medicine in the honey that prevents them from, or no, they take medicine, but the honey reduces the headaches. Yeah, they need the honey to stave off the side effects. Splitting migraines, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see this again uh, when we fast forward a couple scenes and Riz and Lagoshi have their bathroom brawl. Oh my god. I you can't just bring it up like that because that is the best scene in the episode. <laughs> it's so good. It's a great fight scene. Uh when it's a fight scene. Um, oh, I think it's a great scene all around. Um it's it's amusing and it also like it it highlights the schismatic nature of what's going on here. Like they start fighting literally a duel to the death and the cleaning lady shows up and is like is every is it all clear there and riz is like oh excuse me we're almost done please hold on and it's like no you're about to kill someone you can't that's just like what do you think is going to happen riz like you'll just be able to kill Lagoshi and wander off and everything is going to be fine like that's the thing that i find so amusing about this He's able uh, to shake off his like murder eyes too, and go yeah. back to his little yeah, like he's com- little completely normal button eyes. Yes. So you're right. I, I did. 
I did jump ahead a bit. Um, no, but and, that's a great scene. Like I, I laughed so hard at the like rhythm of that scene because I thought we were like, I thought when I first saw it, when I first read it in the book, I was like, oh my God, this is it. They're fighting. This, this is, they're going to have a brawl to the death because it starts off and, and uh, Pina does something dumb. He, he basically challenges Riz or he, he writes a letter to Riz that uh, Lagoshi tries to, Lagoshi tries to foil this or um, prevent this particular action. Yeah, um, he tries to intervene. Lagoshi tries to intervene and intercept the letter that Riz wrote, or that, that Pina wrote to Riz, and he gets caught and he gets surprised yet again by Riz's enormous monster strength. And uh, he takes a brutal beating and then Riz drags him off to finish him off in a quiet place and it ends up being the bathroom and this knockdown drag out fight between the two of them happens but Lagoshi's been cut above the eye and he's just he's just gushing uh, there's so many good things in this scene though like the part where uh, Riz shows off his scars that that he shows off all these scars on his chest that were essentially I assume self-penance for having Eden, his friend, which again gets to the schismatic relationship that um, Riz has with himself. Like if he, if it was truly an act of love for Tem to sacrifice himself, then Riz wouldn't have, wouldn't have clawed himself. Uh, exactly. Yes. Anyway, Lagoshi, uh, as he's struggling, manages to get around Riz and just get his claws into Riz's chest and just reopen those cuts. Yeah, it's uh, it's Lagoshi's most effective move again. Well, I won't say that necessarily, but it's the one time where you feel like, ah, oh, Lagoshi, Lagoshi had a good good move there. Previously, he's just dodging and weaving, and it's not very effectual. But I actually, um, let's go through this scene, and then I want to go back to uh, Pina and Riz because I, I I do find that bit amusing as well. I just want to um, say that this scene did the, the the fight scene did have a rhythm that sort of reminded me of Family Guy. Where like the cleaning lady will just butt in on like the chicken and uh, Peter fight. <laughs> I mean, there's more than one chicken and Peter fight, but that that is a recurring trope in South in um, Family Guy. But yeah, I, I hear you. That it did have it did have some comedic pacing, uh, similar to that. And then and then there was a point at the end at the end of the fight where um, Lagoshi says, "If if Riz could remain a villain, it'd be so much easier to hate him." Yeah, I thought that was weird because to me there was nothing that that made him not seem a villain. I I think I Lagoshi, guess because he didn't eat the cleaning lady. <laughs> I'm not I sure. I don't know, but yeah, he's he was very polite to the cleaning lady, so that was and also his Riz's whole interpretation of the events is like, look, I'm not out to eat other people. I just want you to leave me alone because I had this beautiful apoth- you know, this beautiful experience, and it was an experience of love. Yeah. Um, so really Riz is just more troubled than anything else. I think he thinks he's a good guy, but he knows he's not. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, you're talking he about thinks... the conscious and the unconscious mind, conscious and subconscious. Um, I think the subconscious mind of Riz is quite tortured. I think the conscious mind has convinced itself that, you know, he is a good guy and that what he's doing is justified. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, we need to go back, though, because that is the end of the episode, basically. Right. And there were some other juicy things that happened. I think you were referring to when... Was this the episode where uh, Pina was making out with another goat again? Or another herbivore? And then uh, she had put... She had put um, honey on her on her horns. That's right, to make them glisten. But it wasn't honey. It was like wax, I thought. Honey wax? Beeswax. Honey That's wax. It was. It, was, beeswax. It, was wa- it was some kind of honey-based wax. Yeah, sure. Beeswax. And it, it got the scent of honey on his fingers. And, and he got the... He, you know, he's usually really cool, but when Riz looked like he was going to just bite off his finger, uh, Pina looked like he'd seen the devil right that was actually the most villainous moment i felt of riz's whole character scene like we this is the second so we've actually we're moving sort of backward in the episode before pina tells lagoshi that he's you know essentially set up an ultimatum with this letter and yes. she runs off to get it but it's after there has been riz has already said to pina hey you need to She'll, you need to calm all this down or else it's going to end poorly for you um, and threatens him. And then Pina decides to give a soliloquy when practicing for his lines, saying essentially to Riz, I don't care what you do. Uh, I'm, I will not be bullied. I will do only that which I desire. Do what you must. Um, I'm oh, yeah, definitely... that's a great scene, too, because yeah. he's playing. They're doing the play and he right. just gets up and suddenly he's. He's got this fire under him that nobody was expecting. <laughs> you know, they just thought he was a pretty face, but he, that that encounter with life and death has put this fire in him. And I, he's probably the most rebellious character in the show right now. Yes, absolutely. And so he he goes through that. He, he says, look, I'm not going to listen to you. Then he meets up with this honeypot of a, Ram, ramet. What do we call it? A, a you. A you. A you. Do yous have horns? Yeah, some do. The females. That that makes them use. Um. So and then we, we get him you. touching the beeswax, getting that on his fingers, and it comes out that she he's called her by the wrong name, or there's been some correspondence. Yes, our is, our continuing trope. Yeah. So his and he he mentions that he's off his game. Uh, he's yeah. not he's not able to string along as many girls at one time as he is normally used to. All right, that's enough of him. Now we're talking about Lagoshi having a dirty dream about Haru. Oh man, I mean this. <laughs> he's like, this, I'm full of desire, baby. <laughs> to me, this gets back to the core of Lagoshi's tortured character. Um, the the lustful wolf versus the chaste pure wolf. I mean, we're we're back into Lagoshi's tortured headspace again. Um, and to me, this is the purest form of B stars, where you've got teen angst, um, <laughs> cross species romance, and yes. all sorts of other stuff all just mixed together in one um, giant curry. Yeah, and it's an easy to understand story. Like I think some of the the Riz Lagoshi stuff is is operating on a level that I'm not entirely I'm not entirely comfortable saying that I understand because um 
I don't know why he doesn't call the police. I don't know why he feels it necessary to go through all of these weird theatrics. But I do understand the Haru Louis Lagoshi love triangle. Oh, yeah. It's much clearer. Um, and here we get a little bit more detail on Haru's like emotions in this whole thing. You know, Lagoshi is younger, but he acts like a dad. Louis was like a baby. Um, and she actually says to him, the more I fall in love with you, the more I worry about Louis. So like how yeah. finally confesses her love in a way that is like undeniable, but then she immediately undercuts it by bringing oh, yeah. up Louis. I think, and then my... she immediately points that out. <laughs> it's, it's, I think my favorite moment to date of the entire Beastars over is when Lagoshi says, what? After she, <laughs> after she says, I keep thinking of him. And she's like, what the, I, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. Um, and I just, it's, it's really something to see, uh, to, to have, Haru, who has been playing coy the entire time. I mean, we've gotten inside her head a couple times, but it's it's much, usually much more standoffish. Like she admires Lagoshi, but she's never expressing these feelings. And now she's all but throwing herself at him. Uh, and he's like, I, I, you know, I'll be there for you soon. And this is the bit I don't understand. Like, what, what you have to defeat Riz first? Like, when did that become a prerequisite? related to your teenage romance no it's really important um before i could tell someone i liked in high school that i liked them i had to defeat the strongest bully who was also a murderer and a bear (laughs) (laughs) i just had to i had to fight a bear that's how it feels sometimes though isn't it kids sometimes it feels like you're fighting a bear the bear of adolescence (laughs) this is a short episode as far as what to talk about i mean yeah i mean it's it it really is it's very straightforward but there's there's lots of flashy visuals one that uh, came back to me is um lagoshi shoving his foot down riz's gullet uh, oh yeah that's good uh i also wouldn't put anything including my foot in riz's mouth because really for both of these creatures the bear and the the wolf you wouldn't want like their mouths are pretty dangerous spaces i wouldn't want to go very near them also, how how dope was it when Lagoshi like squiggles out behind Riz and grabs the honey before he can get to it and tosses it out the window and he's oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, I like your eyes better this way." That was, I mean, that was a perfect sort of yoink moment. Moment, and that you know that to me gets back to your uh, your reference to Family Guy. That that could be a Family Guy moment. Yeah. Um... But that's it for this episode. A uh, short one this time, because honestly, it's just a roller coaster from here, and a lot of it is just about about the action. Yeah, I mean, it ends with Goheen saying he has a plan, basically. Yes, um, which is—is uh, is he going to shave Lagoshi again? <laughs> I mean, but he doesn't need shaving. He's just—I mean—he patched him up over the eye. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That was important too, because that that was a pretty brutal, uh, a brutal. Like the whole screen was cl- covered in blood when he when he got that wound. Oh yeah, that's not going to heal very well. You know, you get a lot of Lagoshi shirtless this season. Not that, not that the fans are complaining, uh, but uh, but he's very he's very lithe. He's very thin. He's not a not a burly kind of guy. 
Yeah, he's kind of I like you could cast him as Edward Norton, I guess, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who's like the a live skinny... action human version of B stars? Uh, yikes. Uh, Oh, that's a good question for our question of the week. Let's finish it out with this one. All right. Who would you cast in a live action version of Beastars? Oh, man. With, say, practical makeup. Okay, so which characters are we casting? Louis, Lagoshi, Haru. Um, let's keep it to the main ones, Riz okay. and... Riz wasn't main before, but okay. Um, well, right. it's just this season, I mean. Let's keep it to the four. All right. Um, Maybe Jack. So for Riz... Chris Pratt, of course. For... No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I was did actually, you see that he was cast as Mario? I did, I did. And I was kind of like, oh, I was interesting. I, didn't the internet go somewhat bonkers over the casting? I think so. But, you know, I mean, he's a pretty reliable name. So I don't know. I, I, it definitely... It's by the people who made the Minions movies. It's not like... It's not like some master author or like auteur is taking the reins of the Mario movie. We'll see. We'll see. Internet didn't like Heath Ledger as Joker either. Uh, I want Adam Driver as Riz. Wow. Adam Driver. I like it. I just watched him in the movie Annette. It was like this super bizarre mu- musical that was like a send-up or a, a slight parody of like Hollywood uh, like Hollywood relationships in the public eye and it involved like a baby singing <laughs> and going on tour <laughs> not to spoil everything but yeah that doesn't that's it goes in a very strange the baby is a puppet but I, okay enough of that go back to um adam driver as riz what do you think i like it i like it i think he would be a good riz i mean he doesn't have quite the like girth but he can bulk up but how come you wouldn't cast adam driver as Legoshi? i mean well first of all i think he's a little too bulky and second of all um I I need someone not like uh, he he could do definitely do the role. Um I wanted someone a little goofier. Uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see actually it. had someone in mind. I'm trying to think they weren't in a lot of movies. There was some like Harder doesn't even have a scene with Riz. So I feel like it's not an important casting when you think about Adam Driver. But who would I put in the Lagoshi? I've got someone here. Maybe maybe like a Danny Glover, not not like uh like a a, a Donald Glover? What? Or no, I want um or that kid uh that was in uh someone that like combines like a perversion with a bit of animal magnetism who was that guy that was in perks of being a wallflower um zachary levy oh interesting interesting i could see that working i'll let you i'll let you have your casting all right but but now i have to move to haru well who are you gonna 
yeah, go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts as well. Haru is tricky. I think that I need to update my, like, I, you know, we're casting teenagers, but obviously you and I are a little bit older, so we don't really know a lot of young starlets. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm picking people that are obviously out of the proper age range. Um, but you need someone with a little spunk, with a little bit of fight in them. I might go with someone who's got a little fire, who can bite back. But who could also pull off, or maybe an L L Fanning could do something like that, like somewhere, somewhere between, like sort of. Someone needs to be like they need to be able to betray. Or Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. There you go. Dakota Fanning. Uh, maybe. Well, what about that girl that was in Kick Ass? I'm not sure she's innocent enough. Right, that's the thing. We need someone who's gonna, who's gonna definitely come across like because most of the time she's wearing like a little schoolgirl, like some. It's almost like a, like a, like down on the farm sort of outfit. It's a really weird outfit, honestly. The more I think um, down on the farm, I don't, I don't get that. But maybe like, well, I don't want to spend all night on it. No, no, I hear you. I've given my picks. You can pick them apart if you like. Louie, let's get to Louie. Oh, Louie. Once again, you have to be strong but vulnerable. Um, Ansel Elgort, is that his name? <laughs> I don't know who that is. The guy that was in The Fault in oh my Our gosh. Stars. Oh, and, but I never uh, saw it. Yeah, that, uh, but that could work. That could easily work. He's got a good who's vulnerable. He's got a, he's got a great face for it. Yeah, I could totally see him that way. Yeah, that might be my best pick of the night. <laughs> Maybe I'll let you cast the rest of the movie and I'll just keep that one. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. I really want to know what our fans think. If you want to reach out to us at uh, twitter.com slash Podcast. that's O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A podcast. Tell us who you would cast in a live-action Beastars movie. And then hope to God that it doesn't version. happen. Oh, gosh. It's like the worst combo of things. Like we're doing the exact opposite of what Beastars is all about. Okashiku Ikoyo. <laughs> Okashiku Ikoyo. Hey, Raven. What's up, Fantast? Do you like anime? I sure do. Do you have a limited amount of time in your schedule due to demands of capitalism? Unfortunately, yes! Well, I have the show for you. It's called Weebkin Warriors. Oh yeah! It's that podcast where you and I come together every Thursday and talk about anime that are 24 episodes or less. That's right! And you can find us on the Orange Girls Podcast Network or your podcatcher of choice. Have, have a, a good, good Weebkin! weebkin.